It is Friday, May 19th. This is the Christian Commute. I am your host, Seth Dunn. And you know it's summertime and soccer and baseball seasons are over because I uploaded the show last night after I got home. Right on time. Can you believe that? Now that being said, this show is not going to get uploaded till Lord knows when because I'm going to Noonan this weekend for a soccer tournament. And that is... The lead-in to today's show title, the Noonan Weekend Church Search. Noonan Weekend Church Search. And I'm not talking just about the mundane details of my life, which is I'm going to Noonan and I need to find a place to go to church. But I'm going to talk about this church search. Church search. That's hard to say. Church search. I'm going to talk about this. And, and apply it broadly to, you know, any town Georgia or any town Tennessee. Because here, here is, here's my statement. Here's what I'm saying. Call it the thesis statement. I should or you should be able to find a healthy biblical church to attend in every Bible Belt town. Right? We should. Can we? Who knows? We'll get to that after the Bible chapter review. We continue in Matthew chapter 21, and we continue with the parable of the wicked tenants. Jesus is going to finish the parable of the wicked tenants, and we're going to finish chapter 21. And Jesus is here... Ugh, got a bug in my car. Jesus is condemning the chief priests and Pharisees, and they're figuring it out that he's condemning them. They've, they've asked him by what authority he's doing what he's doing, which is teaching in the temple and casting out the money changers. And now he turns the tables and starts questioning them, telling them parables, and they're parables which ultimately condemn them. Now we got through verse 42 yesterday, but I'm going to actually start there again, where we had left off, just because it would be sort of confusing if I if I started somewhere else. So we started, or we ended yesterday with Jesus telling them, Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and giving, given to a people producing the fruit of it. In other words, he's telling them and they are the wicked tenants in his parable. And they're going to be tossed out. And he knows they're rejecting him, and he references Psalm 118, the stone that the builders rejected. So with that in mind, uh, listen carefully to his comments about the stones. And he who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but on whomever it falls, it will scatter him like dust. And he's saying he is the stone that the builders rejected. And he's going to fall on them and scatter them like dust. He did not go to Jerusalem and make friends with the religious authorities, the Pharisees and the chief priests. Instead, he goes in there and he does quite the opposite. He goes in there and condemns them in front of everybody. And they're upset by this. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables... They understood he was speaking about them. When they sought to seize him, they feared the people because 
they, the people, considered him to be a prophet. The Pharisees and the chief priests are angry at Jesus. They want to seize him and carry him off. Because he's condemned them very clearly to their faces. But they can't do it because it'll cause a riot. Because the people are behind him at this point. They think Jesus is a prophet. So you have to understand, these Pharisees don't fear God. They fear man. If they fear God, feared God, they would have accepted Jesus and they would have also accepted John the Baptist. But they don't. They want to seize Jesus. They want to retaliate to his condemnation of them. But they don't do it because they're afraid the people will be angry with them or maybe seize them if they take Jesus because the people see Jesus as a prophet. So it's for fear of the people that they won't say that John came from man, even though they reject that John came from heaven. And it's for fear of the people that they won't repent before Jesus and ask for forgiveness. And he said, they say, you're going to be condemned. They need to be crying out to Jesus, no, don't condemn us. You know, we want to change. We want to repent. Nope. They want to stand against Jesus. And they're going to. And we'll end the Bible chapter review right there. And Friday traffic's pretty terrible. I'm in the far right lane. So once I get to the far left lane, if I can make it. Ooh, I'm thirsty. I drank some water. I drank a bottle of water before I left work. If I can make it to the left lane, I'll start. I played uh, a lot of ping pong at work today. And I got to say that I was, I was just plain dominant. If I do say so myself. I was 7-2. and two. two of the games are close, but two of the games were blowouts. But I didn't drink enough water. Oh, by the... Oops, you know what? I need to pause the show and turn the navigation lady on. So, pardon that interruption. I'm sorry. I, uh, I have to go pick up my goalkeeper. My goalkeeper's mom is out of town. And uh, she's one of those players where if I go to this tournament without my goalkeeper, it ain't going to go well for us. Uh, we could still compete, but we need her. So I am picking up my goalkeeper from her grandma's house, and I am taking her to Noonan myself. I am not leaving it up to fate or chance. You know what? If I could take all the players there myself in a big Ford Transit van, I would. Because you know, sometimes people are late or they get lost. It's like, you know what? At least give me the starting seven and I'll take them. But I will have three players with me, including my goalkeeper. So, when's this? The, the navigation lady, what's she say? I'll be to my goalkeeper's house at 6.13. So I'll probably be done with the show by now. But where am I taking this goalkeeper and my twin daughters? I'm taking them to Noonan. So we're going to wake up Friday, or sorry, we're going to wake up Saturday. We're going to drive down to Noonan. We're going to play two soccer games. Then I'm going to go sleep at my aunt's house, wake up, go to church, play another soccer game, and hopefully play a second soccer game after that. Because if we win the first three, we'll be in the championship game. Because like so many of these sports tournaments nowadays, they're Saturday and Sunday. And we don't play a lot of these tournaments in our house because it causes us to miss church. Normally what we'll do is we'll play the Saturday games, and if there's a Sunday afternoon game, we'll, we'll go to that after church. We skip the Sunday games if they conflict with church. 
and that is on my son's team and my daughter's team. And those tournaments are scheduled by the academy people, and that's just what they do. My team has never played a tournament before, but I thought we've had a really good season. Let's go as something really fun for our families and our girls and play this tournament. Uh, not because we want to miss church. I mean, I, I can't speak for everyone on the team. Some people go to church and some, some don't. But, you know, it's, we're going to have a little, little weekend, a little mini vacation. Let's go. But I'm going to find a church to go to on Sunday. And I requested with the tournament people to have a late game so that I would have time to go to an early church service. Because I figure Noonan, you know, it used to be sort of a backwater type town. When I was little, my aunt lived there, and you pulled on the exit on Bullsboro off of 85, and there was a Hardee's. And then there was Golden's, like, Meat and Three Cafeteria and Sprayberries, and that was it. That was Noonan. Now Noonan's got every business under the sun. It's, it's grown up. It's huge. So it's a pretty big city. So I figured to myself, here in the Bible Belt, I ought to be able to find a Baptist church, or if I have to, a Presbyterian church, PCA church, where I can go to church on Saturday early enough. Now, our game is at 11.45, and I don't know if you guys are aware of this. This is just something I've noticed, and I don't know why, but Reformed churches tend to meet at 10.30, and I think it's because they have a long worship service, an hour and a half, and I think it's because they're family integrated, so they're not worried about splitting out Sunday school. So, Reformed churches usually meet from 10.30 to 12.00. So, if I had to, I could go to one of those churches and, you know, leave early, as bad as that would look, to make it to my soccer game. And that's what I was going to do, because I know if I go to Reformed Church, I'll have uh, the regulative principle in play, and there'll be orderly worship, and there won't be Hillsong or some garbage like that. But I don't want to leave early, so what I did was I started searching for Baptist churches that have an early service. Now, that's going to be your bigger churches. Your 70 to 150 member churches, of that there's a lot of them. Ones that I would likely find more tolerable. Probably ones that will be more tolerated on the Day of Judgment, if I had to guess. Uh, they're going to be 9.30 Sunday school, 11 o'clock worship. They don't have enough people to have two services, and they're not going to. And 11 o'clock not going to work for me with an 11.45 game. Almost makes me uh, wish I would have scheduled the 8 o'clock game, but I didn't. So I'm trying to find an 8.30 or a 9 o'clock worship service. If if I'm in Cartersville, that's fine, because Cartersville First Baptist has their first service at 9, and I'm there at 9 every week, because that's the hour I take my kids to Sunday school. And let me just say this. I grew up with churches having two services. It was sort of the norm and I grew up in a pretty big church. But I don't like that churches have two services. I don't think they should. They should have one. I think you should be gathered together as a church together. Not the A hour people and the B hour people. It's almost like you're members of a different church. So you go, it's, it's almost like going to the movies where you have uh, the show at 1 o'clock and then the show at 3 o'clock. And it's the same movie. 
you have the same people singing the same songs and the same preacher preaching the same sermon. It's like sort of a put-on, and I don't like that. I think we should all be together. I understand why it's done, because you have a building that holds 700 people and 1,400 people want to come. Well, we don't really want to spend $10 million on a new building. We'll just, we'll just meet twice. And you know what? I think I'm going to do a whole episode on church buildings and church properties. And I can't remember if I've done an episode like that before because there's been so many. But I think I could stand to do another one. But that's why you have these multiple church services. And I don't like them. Like I said, it's almost like having two churches. And I had never thought about it before until I went to seminary and we were talking about it in worship leadership. And I'm like, huh, you're not really gathered together with all the brethren when you do that. That's not good. So who's going to have two services? The bigger churches. The first Baptist churches of the world. Not, you know, Bethel Mountain Baptist, you know, churches like that. You can, you know, Beulah Land Baptist. You just name them. Something Mountain Baptist. Uh, something Street Baptist. They're Typically, they're going to be the smaller churches. They're not going to have that. So it's, it's going to be your flagship denominational SBCs type churches that have the bigger worship services. So when I started Googling and searching for a church to go for, because this is something you plan out the week before, not Sunday morning, the first church I found in Noonan when I searched Baptist Church early service, I think it was called Central Baptist. I clicked on them, and then like the front page was like, Diverse leadership. We accept everybody. I'm like, oh no, this is a CBF church, isn't it? And they were advertising how diverse they were. And I was like, oh, this is the kind of church that has female pastors. I want nothing to do with this. I'm not going there. So I think it was an older, larger church that's gone the way of the main line and probably has some endowment, and that's why it's still in business. But I'm like, I'm not going there. You don't come across a lot of big CBF churches like that. We have a CBF church in Cartersville. At least I think it's CBF Heritage Baptist. Liberal, but it's tiny. So that one was out of the question. And then I saw, I think, First Baptist Noonan. And then I think there was East Noonan Baptist. But I think First Baptist Noonan is the one I settled on that has an 830 service. And I said, 830, this will work out perfectly. And then... I don't know how, I was just like clicking around on the page and I ended up on their women's ministry page and they were having some woman host a Bible study and she's like, so-and-so, remember I did that episode called Beth, Beth Moore Prime? Like there's, there's the lady at your church who is the Beth Moore at your church. Like, hey y'all, I'm leading a Bible study. You know, but she has no theological sense about her. So they had this woman advertising the women's Bible study she was leading. One was War Room, which is that Priscilla Shira movie. And the other one was The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. And I really couldn't believe that was still in circulation. The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson, who was a Pentecostal preacher, by the way, uh, that went around and got popular years ago, almost 10 years ago, I want to say. Jordan Hall used to talk about that on the, the original Pulpit and Pen podcast when he was still on Brandon House's network. 
And Chris Roseborough used to talk about that a long time ago. So that book got popular. It's been through the discernment ringer where it's it's pagan nonsense. So the idea of the circle maker is there is this Jewish mystic in the intertestamental period called named Honey. And there was a drought or something like that. And Honey drew a circle and said, I'm not moving out of this circle, God, until you make it rain. And it rained. And it's the, So Mark Batterson tells the story of Honey the Circle Maker. And the, the book is about how to pray circles around the things in your life. So you want something from God in your life and you're praying for it. So you make a circle around that thing. It's circle-making prayer. you got to be dedicated like Honey. And it is... I mean, it's, it's really, it's word of faith paganism. We're going to manipulate God by doing something, or manipulate the gods by doing something the gods appreciate. So that book's been roundly condemned for years. And I was like, you know what, I'm not going there, if, they, if this is how they are. And I went as far as I wrote the woman, and I cc'd the, the education pastor, and I said, is there no pastoral oversight in the books you choose you pick the the circle maker is pagan and i sent her the chris roseboro videos about it and i said well i'm done with that i'm not going to go there and then i found sunrise baptist church and i've seen sunrise baptist church driving by the road a lot because it's right by my aunt's house or at least my, my aunt moved but it used to be right in her neighborhood it was this church that met in an athletic center. So the church was planted, and then they met in a gym and uh, or a fitness center. And the church grew, and the fitness center was waning, and they bought the fitness center. So now the church has the campus, and they, they have a church ministry and building there, but they also operate the fitness center. And that's been in Noonan ever since I can remember. And I'd never been to it, but it's just, you know, some Baptist church I pass on the road. So I looked it up, and it says, we have a 10 o'clock service. I said, all right, I'm going to go there. They have a 10 o'clock service. You know, it's a Baptist church that's been on the side of the road forever. It'll be okay. I looked at the picture online of their worship, and it was the lights dimmed with the purple spotlights. And I'm like, this is, this is not, you know, it's not the kind of church I'd want to go to. Uh, they'll... I bet they'll sing some. I bet they'll sing a Bethel song or a Hillsong song. But at the same time, the pastor's doctor so and so. It'll probably be a biblical sermon. I'm just going to be there for an hour. I can stomach their showy worship. Not the kind of church I would join or go to regularly. But the time is right. You know, I can go there from 10 to 11, and then my soccer game is at 11:45. We'll get to the soccer fields by 11:15, 11:20. So I'll go there. And it was important to me to communicate to my team to say, I think we should all go to church together. So I put, I was going to put on our little team app this, a scheduled event that said, hey, I'm going to church here. Don't know anything about it, but it'd be nice if whoever, if you are going to church so we can sit together, I'm going to go here. So the people, I mean, we have people on our team who don't really go to church that much. Uh, we have church people on our team. Obviously, my family is churched. Uh, we have a PCA family on the team. They're not going to be at the tournament. <laughs> Their daughter's good. I wish she was there. Uh, but I, 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 have a, I have a Roman Catholic on the team, so I imagine she'll go to Mass because they have Mass every hour of the day. You know. 
And, you know, I have a couple of people who go to, it's the Bible Belt, a couple of people go to church. So even the people who don't go to church regularly, they might go if we're going together as a team. And, you know, as a coach, when your team is on a road trip, you want to do something together, you want to eat together, you want to stay in the same hotel if you're staying in a hotel. Uh, you might want to go, if you're going to a movie, you go to a movie together. That's what all, like, the college coaches do on the road trip. Like, if Alabama goes to Texas A&M on a road trip, they do everything together if they have an extra night there, just for example. So, you know, number one, I wanted to emphasize to them, like, hey, this is Sunday, but it's still the Lord's Day. I think it would be nice if we all go to church together. But now I'm sitting there like, if I schedule this, it's almost like, I'm putting sort of a stamp of approval on this church. So I'm going, to, I'm going to give it one more look over because the purple lights are sticking with me. And I'm like, I don't know. This is, this is causing my discernment radar to blip. Maybe it's nothing. And so I click on the staff. And the reason I'm clicking on the staff is I want to read about the senior pastor. If he's some guy, you know, in jeans and a T-shirt, who used to be a salesman at an electronics company and now he's a pastor. Like, I don't want to go to some layman's marketing church. But if it's Dr. So-and-so from the seminary, I have confidence that that guy can preach a good sermon. But I don't want to end up where like Matt Evans down here at Rockbridge, that type of guy. So that's why I'm looking at the staff page. I'm not thinking about, you know, who the children's director is. I don't care. But I click, and it's got pictures of all the the people, and they don't have a children's director. They have a children's pastor, and it's a woman. Now, I know I could go to this church. We're not going to go to the children's area. I won't see this woman, but I am not going to go to a church, nor will I advise others to go to a church that has a female pastor of any kind. If they had called that woman a children's director, I would have been there. But titles matter. And here's what I know. I know that this woman has the exact same job as the children's director at First Baptist, where I take my family every week. The preschool director is a woman. The children's ministry director is a woman. I think that preschool director is great. Her name is Jay-Z. I love Jamie. I love her to death. Everybody loves her to death. All right? She's just administrating child care. There's not a whole lot of theological teaching that goes on in the pre-K. Now, the children's minister, her name is Miss Lisa, uh, they, they're actually teaching doctrine and Bible stories to kids because, you know, the, the seven and eight-year-olds are learning that. So she's overseeing that and directing that in some way. I don't have any problem with that being a woman. Truth be told, I'd rather it be a man because I think men should be in charge of teaching curriculum. I just do. Uh, but I, you know, whatever, fine. I'm not going to not attend First Baptist because Miss Lisa is a woman. And I know that it's Sunrise Baptist Church that this children's pastor is doing the same job as the children's director. But here's the thing. They outright called her a pastor and women can't be pastors. Now forget that it's ridiculous to have a children's pastor because almost all of the children are unregenerate. You can't pastor goats. You can only pastor sheep. And I don't like, I really don't like the idea of youth pastor, children's pastor, associate pastor, senior pastor. I've been over that. I've, that's, that's not from the Bible. That's from man. And I think it's stupid. I just do. But I expect it's everywhere now and I expect to see it. But I said, nope, not going there. And I looked it up. It's a Southern Baptist church. And, you know, there's the whole controversy with Rick Warren and female pastors right now. 
and this was this is probably on the low end of the, of the controversy but it told me all I need to know about these people that they have a female pastor of any kind and I do not want to be in the gates of Sodom when the, the, the fire comes falling from the sky so scratch that so now I'm back to the 830 service at First Baptist Noonan and that's the one I put on my team uh, app and said hey, hey I'm going there so if anything it'll be an 830 tr- service it'll be the old people the people who are dying off so we might actually have hymns uh, the sermon will probably be a biblical sermon what you might call a typical Southern Baptist sermon which is going to be good going to be biblical I get it and I probably will not meet the stupid lady. Yeah, I'm calling her stupid because she's stupid. If, if, if you're teaching Honey the Circle Maker to people, you're stupid. So I will not meet the stupid lady who does that. It, she will not influence the worship of any kind. Since it's the early service for the decrepit old people who are probably giving all the money to keep the church afloat while they play Hillsong in the second service, I'm assuming while they play Hillsong in the second service for the young people. I don't know. I've never been there. I guess I shouldn't assume. But I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to tolerate it. I'm going to have to settle. And here's the thing. Why do I have to do this? Why can I not go to a Bible Belt town and find a church that's not full of female pastors or circle makers? It, it's, it's everywhere. This near complete catastrophic failure of churches to exercise biblical discernment and attempt biblical worship. Why do I have to choose between the CBF church that has diverse worship, which is mainline, that's not even a real choice, and then the church with the purple lights and the female children's pastor, or the traditional church with a traditional service that, oh, by the way, has this idiot circle maker woman. That, that, that's what they're doing for their women's ministry. No, no wonder our churches are dying. And this is something I think about a lot. When we go to church... And we skip the soccer tournament that's at 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. on a Sunday in some other town somewhere. And then the church children's ministry does some kind of shenanigan. And you guys, you've seen it. I don't have to talk about the shenanigans. You've seen them. And I sit here and think, no wonder people go to soccer tournaments instead. Because I sit there and I think, like, I am friends with the soccer tournament parents. I enjoy their company. I hang out with them all the time. Last weekend, when my daughter's other team had her soccer tournament, my wife uh, got a hotel room and stayed Saturday night down in Alpharetta. I brought the boys back. So we had our soccer game on Saturday for my team. And we went up there afterwards and hung out. And I had a good time with the people I've known for years, playing soccer with them, either coaching their girls or 
being a parent on uh, the team that our girls are on. Hung out with them at the pool, went to eat with them. I had a good time. Then I went home and I took my boys to church on Sunday. My, my daughter or my wife woke up, took my daughters to the 8 a.m. soccer game, and then they went to First Baptist of uh, Alpharetta after. First Baptist Alpharetta is actually a church that I've blogged about, uh, but I'll, I'll leave that there. But whether I'm, and, and I had the same thing that I went through trying to find a place for my family to go in Duluth or the Alpharetta area uh, where our soccer tournament was on Sunday morning. Like, why am I having to struggle to find a place that's not a circus or a shenanigan? And all these people, I know how they're run, they're trying to attract young families. That's what their ministries and outreach are geared towards, is attracting young families. That's what they're, I'm, I'm telling you. That's what they're trying to do. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I know of a place where there's lots of young families and everybody likes each other and they're all going to have a good time and it's the soccer field or it's the it's the baseball field for the tournament baseball or tournament volleyball or whatever else that, you know, and some of this stuff, it gets expensive. And I've, I've talked about it on the show before. I know these people ain't giving money to church who are going to these tournaments all the time. And it's like, number one, you pragmatist, you're getting your butt kicked. And number two, I'm trying not to sound like a Pharisee, like I'm so great, like I'm the guy at the temple, thank you, Lord, that I'm not like these other people, instead of the guy who says, pity me, a poor sinner. But I'm the guy who actually shows up to church on Sunday morning and skips the soccer tournament only to be met with some shenanigan or some purple spotlight or some female pastor, and I'm so tired of it, and it's in every town what happened. Do you guys go through that too when you go on a trip? Hey guys, I am so looking forward to going to Amelia Island. Uh, not just because I'm going to the beach at some fancy schmancy house that my dad rented called Mermaid Mansion. It looks awesome. And I'm going to be there with my family. My brother's coming. My nephew's coming. My sister-in-law. And we're all going to be together. And we it's a family trip that we, we take regularly. And you know, it's a it's a break. I'm looking forward to that. But do you know what I'm looking forward to the most? Is going to Amelia Baptist Church and being able to sit in a church service on Sunday and not be pissed off because some idiot, doofus choir director is playing Hillsong or some ridiculous shenanigan is going on in the children's ministry. I just get to sit at that Reformed Baptist Church and worship God with like-minded people. That's what I'm looking forward to. And I have to go to Florida to find it. Because here's the thing. I did the same search. I did a show on it before. I went down to Florida. Where can I go to church? All right, Amelia Baptist. I didn't know it was the type of people who would read pulpit and pen. And I'm like, oh, this church is great. Family integrated. They got apple juice. It's for the kids, but I drink it. It's like, this is awesome. I was like, this is where I would go to church if I lived here. It's so great. But it's just wherever I go. The shenanigan and the purple spotlight follows. We have got to rise up and do something. And you tell the pragmatic people, guys, you shouldn't be pragmatic anyway, but 
the soccer tournament's going to kick your butt. It's way more fun to go get a hotel room, hang out with your soccer friends, swim in between games, and go to the Olive Garden after, and then play a couple games on Sunday, have all your friends ride together in the same car, you know, the girls all pack into one of the mom's soccer van SUV type things. Your fa- those families come a lot, home a lot more satisfied than instead if they take that tithe money and give it to your church and watch your purple spotlights and whatever edutainment the ministry director you have planned for them has uh, hired has planned. It's like, give me a freaking break. Just, ugh. All that to say, at least I live in a free country where I can go to any town and find a church. I mean, I realize I'm complaining in the Bible Belt. I mean, if I was going to the soccer tournament out west, there might not even be any churches. Like, I had literally ten churches to pick from in, in all these different options. So I thank God for that. But, guys, we got to change something. Poor old Seth Dunn and the, the 10U girls' dragons shouldn't have him be going to Noonan and dealing with purple spotlights and lady pastors and Mark Batterson circle maker nonsense. Thanks for listening to the Christian Commute. Lord willing, I'll be back with you again tomorrow. As always, God bless. And as always, remember Christianity is not about getting saved. It's about being saved. I'm not even going to ask for a question. You guys ain't sending anything in. I'm just turning it off. Bye.